if this baby is a girl and we have to name a fourth girl, I am out of names. How about we just all call her whatever we want to call her? (laughs) And that's it. You know you have an awesome intro when you just want to jam out every time you listen to it. It's super fun. Welcome back, everybody, to the Whatever is True podcast. I am your host, Jake, with my lovely wife, Bethany. Hey, guys. We are getting back into the swing of things with podcasting. And now that the summer, unfortunately, is winding down, we are getting back into homeschooling, which is great. And also, I do love the fall. Cooler weather is definitely where it's at. But one thing we did want to remind you guys as we are introing into this new season of the Whatever is True podcast, if you would, please like, subscribe, give stars, thumbs up, whatever you can do on your platform, please do it. It really helps us get to people that have not heard us yet. And we just want to be able to share the truth of the gospel and God's word to as many people as possible. So, Do whatever you can. Tell your friends about it. All of that. We would greatly appreciate it. Today, we have a very special interview for you guys. But before we head into that, I want to share with you guys a new affiliate that we have for this season, and that is Abide and Know. Abide and Know is a Christian company that creates notebooks for your children to use during your church's sermon. So there's special children's sermon notebooks, and each page has a place to put the date, the topic, your pastor, things that they learn, things that they're praying for. We started using it recently with our oldest, who is seven, and it is just a really great way of helping them pay attention during the sermon and understanding what is being taught. I wish I had had something like this when I was a kid because I always thought it was cool how people took notes, but I would always like take notes and then start doodling and then my notes just weren't structured whatsoever. So this is really, really nice how it just has everything where it's supposed to go. They even have a section for notes and doodles in the back. So it it really works cool. You can use our code Bethany20 for 20% off of your order. And we will link all of that in the show notes for you guys. So today we have our first interview of the season, and that is with Jennifer Pepito. She is the founder of The Peaceful Press, um, which might ring a bell for all of you homeschooling parents out there. And she recently just released her new book, Mothering by the Book, The Power of Reading Aloud to Overcome Fear and Recapture Joy. Uh, She is a mom of seven children who has been homeschooling for 25 years, and she just has a lot of wisdom to share. And so we are going to just jump into it right now. Unfortunately, we had some recording difficulties during this interview. So it caused us to lose our first question to Jen. The first question was just asking her to introduce herself, and that's where we're going to start the interview. 
Yeah, so I'm the mother of seven children, and they're ages 28 to 13. I've been married for nearly 32 years, and my husband and I got a vision for homeschooling early on. We were at church, and we saw this family who were so cohesive and loving, and we really wanted to have a family like that ourselves. And so early on, we started reading books to our children and spending time in nature, just really creating a lifestyle of learning as a family. That's awesome. I love how you said that you noticed like how cohesive the family is. And I think that's so special about so many homeschooling families. We both grew up in homeschooling families as well. Wow, that's interesting. I love that you had a good enough experience that you decided to do it again. Yeah, my mom constantly joked saying that she graduated four times. (laughs) <laughs> I, I feel that. I mean, it's amazing how much we learn as we're homeschooling our children. It's incredible. And, you know, I think obviously as parents, we make mistakes. And in my book, Mothering by the Book, I talk about some of the mistakes I made and how we worked on repairing those things with our kids. But it's such a beautiful testimony when your children, you know, value what you did and are willing to make that sacrifice themselves. Because I mean, I love homeschooling. There's so much joy, but there definitely is a time sacrifice that we're making for our families and for the better of society in so many ways. Oh, absolutely. So many mothers are entering the homeschool season with fears of not being good enough, having a lack of patience, knowledge, etc. Why should we work to overcome fear instead of cope with it? And how can we practically do this? Yeah, it's so interesting. I think, I think that's just a lie from the devil that we, it's like one of those things like, what about socialization? Do you know what I mean? It's one of these things that come up for us constantly as moms, especially homeschool moms, this lie that am I doing enough? And so then we pile on so much extra work for our children and we keep the schedule so busy. We can't even think straight. And I love, you know, in my book, I talk about this book, Understood Betsy. And in this book, Betsy goes to live with a family in the country, and they were very practical about education. They, you know, Betsy had to go to school, but if she didn't do amazing on a test, they didn't freak out about it. They were very just kind of confident as people, and so they could put education in its place, And I think, you know, homeschooling takes so much faith, especially if you're going to do a more literature rich method like Charlotte Mason. You're, you're reading out loud to your children. You're reading these beautiful stories, but you're not necessarily going to get the proof instantly. You know, a lot of it comes out later in the conversations that your children have or the way they live, but we just have to keep sowing those seeds. The Bible says, as you sow, so shall you reap. And we just keep sowing those seeds and trusting the results to God. Yeah, that's so encouraging to hear. What do you think the cost to our families is if we choose to stay afraid, if we continue in that? You know, what I really found in our own family was the cost to our families is that our children start to feel like there's something wrong with them. You know, when we, for me, I love my kids so much. I was so excited about being a mom and homeschooling them. But the fears I had about not being a good enough mom kept me kind of up in my head. And what it communicated to my children was that they were doing something wrong. And that's why I was afraid. And it wasn't about them at all. It was just that I wanted better for them. I wanted to do well. I I had even some regrets and some fears. And all of that, all of those negative emotions that I was dealing with, kept me from smiling at them enough, 
kept me from, you know, just being more joyful and free in our homeschool. And I think it's so important that we understand the impact on our families when we worry, because it's natural as moms to worry. But I think there's a reason that God says constantly, fear not, fear not, be of good courage, rejoice in the Lord, because the people around us pick up on our attitudes. And so often they feel like it's because they're doing something wrong. You know, often it's feeling like we're the one who's doing something wrong, but our kids see us feeling so regretful and so ashamed and they think it's their fault and it crushes their spirit as well. Yeah, that's such a good reminder because I think sometimes, especially for homeschooling moms, we think, oh, well, between the hours of 10 a.m. and noon, we're teaching them, but we're teaching them with our life and with how we're responding to things. And as you're talking here about fear, anxiety, they're, they're seeing that and they're picking up on it and they're learning that, which is something that we obviously don't want them to. And that's just so important to, to realize. You know, I think it communicates a lot about our trust in God to our children. Like we're trying to tell our children, oh, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. You know, we're trying to communicate them that God to them that God is good, but yet by our behavior, we're sort of more living out a fear that God's not going to be there for us or he's not enough. And it's, it's a tough one. It's so natural for moms to worry, but I think that we have what it takes to overcome. And speaking from my own experience as being uh, homeschooled is we learn so much outside of the classroom, you know, like Bethany will bake with the kids. My mom baked with us. I helped my dad around the house, you know, building things, measuring things, cutting things. So you learn division, you learn all of those skills, you know, measuring cups and, and counting out and reading a recipe. So like you learn all of those things. So like looking back from my point of view, anyways, I can, I can like say like, don't worry, you're teaching them so much just in everyday life. Like that's one thing that would reduce the fear. But I mean, the fear is obviously there for all of us with a lot of things, but what is it, what does it look like to kind of once you break through that fear, once you, once you get to the other side of that fear. You know, I think partly it's just making a choice to be happy. You know, we, I think there are important steps to get there. You know, sometimes you maybe need to spend time grieving or maybe you need to talk to a pastor or a counselor. But I think that, you know, there comes a point where we can take authority over our thoughts and say, you know, I'm going to choose to be happy. The Bible calls me, God calls me to be happy. He calls me to be thankful. And so I'm going to redirect my intention away from the things that are hard and towards the things that are a blessing. We're going, you know, and, and it does take sometimes an act of the will to say, okay, there's this hard thing in my life, but there's also, I have a home and I have food on the table and I have healthy children right now. And so I'm going to focus on that. And, you know, I think that as we make it a practice to be happy, you look at the book, Pollyanna, you know, that's so much a part of my, my story is looking at how books can help us be empower us to overcome fear. But, you know, in Pollyanna, I mean, her leg was broken, or maybe I, I can't remember the whole story, but she was crippled at the time. And she just kept looking at the bright side of life. And I think that as mothers, we can make that a practice. And what 
power that would have in our homes and in our families if we started noticing in front of our children, like, wow, look at you. What a beautiful drawing you made today. Or, oh my goodness, the sunrise is so beautiful. Or look at the hummingbirds. Just noticing all the beauty in our lives instead of focusing on what's not right. I think that's such a great reminder also of how we're just always learning alongside of our children and that, you know, that's, it's just a lifelong process. For sure. And, and, you know, I'm so thankful for the grace of God because we aren't going to get it right this side of heaven, you know, but that is why Jesus said, you know, in the Lord's prayer, he taught us to pray, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. So it's supposed to be a daily practice really of forgiving ourselves, forgiving, maybe it's our children who stepped on us that day, maybe it's our husband. But if we make a lifestyle of forgiveness, then it makes it easier the next day to be like, okay, yesterday I made a mistake, I yelled at my kids, or I was fearful, or I was grumpy, or whatever it was. But today's a new day, and I've been forgiven, I can forgive my kids, and we can have a fresh start. For sure. So we've talked about the, the cost of fear on our families. We talked about what it looks like to be on the other side. Do you have any other specific ways that you overcame fear in, in your life or like a, a special story or testimony about that? Yeah. You know, there were so many stories in the book, Mothering by the Book, of fears that I had and how I overcame them. You know, one of the things that really helped me actually was just learning to stay present. Like we, we were in a really tough season. We were missionaries in Mexico. I had a daughter who, um, with a routine tonsillectomy ended up bleeding out her throat. Another daughter had seizures. Another child had seizures. So there was two of my kids in that, uh, two year, two to four year season that had seizures. And I was, I was pretty worn out really. But I learned in that season to just start noticing the beauty in my life. And we were, we lived down two miles down a dirt road. We had a thousand gallons of water a week. So there was some serious discomforts, but I could see the ocean from my living room and I started to notice the sunsets. You know, I, I had a plant that was Baja, so it was super dry and arid, but I was able to keep a plant growing outside my kitchen window. And I started noticing the beauty of that plant growing. And I think that as we start to be present in our lives as moms, you know, the baby season, it's hard, but it's fast. The toddler years, the cute little things they say, once you're past that, nobody's going to talk to you like that. Nobody's going to look at you like that. No one's going to bring you flowers in that sweet, innocent way again. You know, so just really staying present to all the miracles and all the beauty and all the wonder of your life right now, I think is so powerful for helping us overcome fear because usually it's fear of the future. But if we start just, you know, being thankful for our daily bread, you know, Jesus talks about the, the birds. They don't, they don't, um, they don't, they can't spin their clothes but their father closed them so beautifully, the lilies, you know. And so just starting to be aware of the blessings of today, instead of being so fearful about what could happen tomorrow. Yeah, I resonate. I mean, we resonate so much with that, because we have a baby or 18 month old, and then we have a toddler. And then we're starting to see them grow up a five and a seven year old. And each season is so different. It's so special. And I try so hard to, to savor each moment. Um, 
and to remember those moments in the really hard ones. <laughs> yeah, because it does go so fast. And I know when you're in the middle of it, it just feels like, oh my gosh, I'll never be done potty training or I'll never get to sleep through the night again. But you will, you will sleep through the night. And then you'd be like, I have no baby to cuddle me anymore, or nobody is crawling in my bed anymore. And that's actually maybe a little bit sad. Yeah, it, it really is sad. So I'm going to go a little off the script here because when we do interviews, I find that I think of questions to ask quite often. Um, but you said that you and your husband were drawn pretty early on to homeschooling. And just as a husband and a father to kids that are being homeschooled, what are some ways that husbands, even though it's a small audience that we have of men, but we do have some. Um, what are some ways that the, the husbands and the fathers of these homeschooled kids can help with that fear? Is it just words of affirmation or is it coming alongside and helping? Like, I, I was just wondering if you had any. Yeah, I think it's I think it's different for every family. One of the things that I'm so grateful from my husband is his really in a way his trust in me. Like he's never questioned my ability to homeschool. He's never questioned whether I was doing a good job. And sometimes I wasn't doing a very good job, but he's really always been very uh, affirming and supportive of my efforts. And he's such a believer that this is the best thing for our kids. So, you know, because I think as moms, we're setting out to do something hard. There are going to be days when we feel like failures. And if we say that to our husband, if we say, I feel like I failed so bad today, and he says, okay, send the kids to school, that's so defeating. Do you know what I mean? It's like, for one thing, we can't trust that we can just um, talk it out with them because we know what they're going to say. So it puts us in a in a mode of having to hold on to everything. But also, it makes us feel so judged, like we can't have a bad day. You know what I mean? teachers have bad days, they have bad years, you know, so, so I think that for, you know, if there are dads listening, or even for moms to be able to communicate to their husband, like, I need some support here, let's commit for a year. If during this year, I have a bad day, and I whine about it, please don't tell me that we have to send the kids to school, you know, just make a commitment for whatever length of time it is, and stick to that and and support your wife through it. Maybe sometimes you do need to bring in some extra childcare or, um, maybe you need to get some tutoring. Maybe there is an area where you need some support. But I think, you know, when our husbands can't just sort of hold us after a bad day and empathize with us and instead want to call it quits on the whole experiment, that can be so discouraging for us. Yeah, I, I appreciate that a lot. I, I think that that we've seen that ring true. And even just you bringing up like that, we might need other help. It might come in the form of of Jake in our family. It might come in the form of a tutor or a sitter. I think that's really important because so often moms are like, I have to literally do everything. And they have all of these kids and, and babies and toddlers on top of that. And there can be harder seasons than other ones. And so I think it's really important to recognize that. But I appreciated you bringing that up. All right. We have um, talked about your book that is releasing soon, Mothering by the Book. Can you share a little bit more about that and um, when it will be released and where people can get it? Yeah. So Mothering by the Book is about how I, you know, I've been reading out loud to my children for 25 years during our morning time routine. And in those moments, I 
you know, I saw how other mothers overcame their fears or overcame their hardships. And I started to draw lessons from those stories, you know, so watching how um, Laura Ingalls Wilder's ma, her husband had to go away for, I think, several months to work. And they were in, you know, a, a place that she didn't really know anybody, they didn't have family around. And so she still kept things going. It was cheerful and made a home for the family, even though her husband had to be gone for work, you know, watching how in um, the book, Cheaper by the Dozen, the family worked together to convey their values and keep up good habits. And that helped them overcome maybe the fears they had about having a big family. Maybe they had no fear, but I did. I was afraid of managing my big family. And then reading a book like that helped me see that I could overcome those fears and manage. And, and then especially in, in the last few years, I read the hiding place out loud to my kids and it had been one I'd read before. But, you know, just watching the cheerfulness of Betsy and the way they navigated horrific trials really empowered me to put my own trials in perspective and just really lean on the Lord like they did in that story. So the book, you can go to motheringbythebook.com or you can order it, Christian book or Amazon, anywhere that books are sold. And um, it's just 14 chapters of different lessons I took from the books I was reading out loud for overcoming those common motherhood fears that we all deal with. That's awesome. I love how you did that. I just got my hands on a copy of your book, and I'm really excited to read it here soon. Can you also tell us where people can find you on social media as well as the Peaceful Press? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram at Jennifer Papito and on Instagram at the Peaceful Press. And then I have homeschool resources for preschool through elementary at thepeacefulpress.com. All right. Well, Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us. This has been a pleasure talking with you. And I know Bethany's excited for reading the book. And I'm sure I will be hearing plenty <laughs> about it if I don't read it myself. Yeah, so, well, thanks for thank having you. me. It's sweet that you guys made the time. This is uh, my first published book. So it's a whole new world of like um, having a chance to talk about it. So thank you for making the time. That's awesome. Well, it was wonderful talking with you and um, we will put all of your information in our show notes for people to find you. Thank you. God bless you both. Have a wonderful evening. Thank, Thank you. You too. Thank you too.